0: What are you going to do, Commissioner? There's only one thing we can do. Sir, it's the Batfilm. Yes,
1: Commissioner. We'll be right there. Biff Bam Pow. This is Batman Land. Be careful. Maybe a trap. Each week, we chat about the 1966 Batman TV show. We're Batman and Robin,
0: the crime fighters.
1: Discussing the episodes aired this week on SBS Viceland. My name is Dan Barrett, and I'm joined here this week by my co-host, the Honourable Member of Batman Land, Nick Basine. So let's go, Robin. Nick, how are you doing? (laughs) That's a positive. Uh, Excuse me. I'm doing well and happy to be here. Fantastic. And we are also joined in the studio by Sarah Ward, film and culture writer. Uh, Sarah, you've got a long list of publications you work for. Let's let's do a top three.
0: Um, Top three. Screen International Arts Hub and Concrete Playground.
1: I would have thought SBS The guy had made us yeah. the oh, yes. or
2: whatever. So like, I'm sorry. Why isn't
1: that at the top of the list?
0: Yes, that, that's, that's very bad of me to, to not say that. There's
2: a lot of hurt feelings in this
0: room. I'm sorry. I mean, I'm we, sorry. I, I love you guys.
1: We commission a lot of work your way.
0: jeez. Yeah. You do. You do.
1: <laughs> well, anyway. Thank you. N- <laughs> now that we know where we stand, <gasps> let's get on with Batman Land. Nicholas, as is the case every week, I've watched the episodes. I am sure I understood what was happening when it was happening. But please remind me, what on earth did we experience?
2: Okay, so uh, we start off with the Penguin doing some nice stuff.
0: Citizen Penguin to the
2: rescue! The police freak out and call Batman just because he did something nice. That crooked quacker's up to no good. And then it turns out that the Penguin's running for mayor. The Penguin
0: running for mayor. It's a free country, Robin.
2: Batman runs against him for some reason. So
0: old pointy ears has thrown
2: his cowl into the ring, huh? But he's boring and he won't kiss babies. A politician that won't kiss babies... That's outrageous! Then they go to meet some voters, but it turns out it's the Penguin's goons... I smell a wreck. ...they fight and lose get tied up and are about to be murdered in acid. It's all my fault, Robin. But their costumes are acid-proof, which is nice. Batman faces off with the Penguin in a debate. I believe the Penguin will lead off the debate. Penguin has his goons show up again, and he defeats them easily, making Batman look soft set up. and waddling weasel planet. And it looks like Penguin's going to win the election. Penguin has certainly gained some political mileage today. But then Batman wins. I demand a recount! They put Penguin in a box and reinstall the old mayor. Both parties offer Batman the nomination
0: for president. Bulging ballot boxes, Batman. That was some offer.
1: Okay, now when watching this, I wasn't the only one thinking Trump all the way through this, was I?
0: No, not at all.
1: I was thinking a little bit of Trump, but a little bit of Alabama Senate as
2: well. One of the girls that's hanging around the penguin that's helping him out with his campaign, she says she's too young to vote, which would make her a child, right, in the law's eyes. Yeah. And um, Roy Moore is, of course, has been accused of all kinds of unsavory things related to underage girls.
1: Now, Nick, as a token American in the room, voting age in the US is 18 or 21. It's, um... What does it change state to state?
2: Oh, my God, this is embarrassing.
1: (laughs) It is, um... I've got a question. Are you actually American or are you a fake American? I just haven't lived there in a long time. Sounds like we're a Canadian in our midst.
2: (laughs) No, no, it's 18. You have to be 18 to vote in America. Everyone says you're not old enough to vote, but you can go off and die in a war. Good point. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. so I have to say these episodes a little bit by the numbers, but the thing that I really took away was how much it felt like the Trump election... There's a line that Batman gives right towards the end when he has successfully won the election, and he's talking about the fact that he never believed that the polls could be wrong.
2: Smart politicians trust the voters,
1: not the polls, after all. And not the polls. Yeah, wise words. That really rang pretty strong. Yes.
2: Yeah. I wish um, many people had watched this episode before (laughs) misleading us on the eve of that election.
1: Yeah, 538 podcast. We're talking about you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, so this episode, we do launch and it brings back one of my favorite things in the show, which is the Dick learns a lesson from Bruce before they get the call to action. In this one, Dick is studying Macbeth because he's playing the lead in an upcoming performance of it. Alfred is lying on the ground, just enjoying the uh, wave of Shakespeare, just washing over him.
2: Well, he is theoretically performing with Dick, right? Oh, uh, was he? I thought he was just yes. on the
1: ground. Because that scene involves uh,
2: somebody dead.
0: Right. It, it does indeed and, the, and he's, it's the line with the dagger and yeah, so Alfred is absolutely a part of that rehearsal but you know, I guess he's lying on the ground, he's getting comfortable as well
2: He's very comfortable, he had a pillow under yes. his head as if he's going to be there for a long time
0: Yeah, more comfortable than you us- usually see any incarnation of Alfred around Batman ever
1: Yeah. Now, grade 10 English, I did perform in Macbeth I was one of the witches Yeah. Did you instantly recognize his speech from Macbeth? I only read the scenes that I was a witch in.
0: Macbeth's so good.
1: No, I've heard good things. Have you seen the Michael Fassbender Macbeth? Yes, see the movie. I didn't realise was in a Macbeth. I'm yeah, definitely going to check sure this out was. now. So
0: it's directed by Australian director Justin Kurzel, um, who did Snowtown. That's yes. right. It's got Marion Cotillard in it, and it is fantastic. It was my number one film of the year that it came out, which I want to say was 2015.
1: Much like Snowtown, are there any barrels involved?
0: I don't think there are any barrels. It's still pretty bleak because, you know, it's Macbeth. Yeah. But a different kind of bleak to Snowtown.
1: Now, Alfred shortly after this ended up exercising his familiarity with the bard by opening up the Shakespeare bust on Bruce's desk. And Did we, the know, switch. Do we know before
2: this episode that that was definitely Shakespeare?
1: I mean, I, f- I knew it was Shakespeare. I don't know if it was apparent. Like, I don't know. I mean, I knew. I thought there was a chance it was Benjamin Franklin, but it's definitely not. It's definitely Shakespeare. It's definitely Shakespeare. Yeah, it's definitely a Shakespeare bust. Is this some kind of bust?
2: Well, it's very impressive, yes, but we need to ask you a few questions.
1: Really interesting shot we see, because usually what happens is Batman and Robin will jump into Batmobile, go flying out of the Batcave, past the sign telling you how far it is to Gotham. They'll rock up right in front of Commissioner Gordon's office, but in this we actually see them in the elevator going up. Now, thus are standing in there with four of Gotham's finest. And they're just talking fairly openly about the Penguin with his rash of good deeds. But apparently he's running for mayor, which they know by the time they're in the elevator, I think. Um,
2: That was unclear. But the other people in the elevator are Penguin supporters because they take off, they
1: remove their... Well, it
0: must be clear because
1: otherwise that scene would make no sense.
0: Hmm. we know as the audience. Yeah. And when they step out of the elevator, the elevator itself is branded for the Penguin That's in right. a, a stroke of genius for 1966. Yeah. Penguin
2: is a lot like Banksy in this episode. There's just, his artwork <laughs> is just everywhere all over the city. I, I mean, I don't know how he got into the uh, police station and put it, the
1: bumper stickers on their backs like that. And
0: on the hats and yeah. He's Seems just, unlikely. He's everywhere.
1: Yeah, upstairs, they did have a concerning moment with Mayor Linseed, of whom is making his like third or fourth appearance in the show at this point. We've seen him a few times, but he's convinced that he cannot win against the penguin uh, because he doesn't have the endorsement of the East Coast Birdwatchers Society. Mm. And once you got those guys on board, like you are made. It's tough to get those guys. Uh, The three public relations guys, the campaign managers, of whom are pitching their wares at the mayor but end up siding with the Penguin with his potential campaign.
2: Gallus, Rupert, and Trendy. Now,
1: they were just sort of three bespectacled, sort of nerdy-looking PR guys. But I thought what was interesting about them is the way they visually look is not that far removed from the look of the campaign manager of the Penguins in Batman Returns, which is probably the interesting thing about this episode. The guy that, that
2: gets his face bitten?
1: yeah. So in Batman Returns, because this entire episode is clearly the inspiration for the Penguin runs for mayor and Batman Returns storyline. And so you've got these two campaign managers that the Penguin in the film played by Danny DeVito, uh, he ends up meeting these two and uh, walking him around the office. And there's one guy, he's played by an actor named Steve uh, Witty. I think the actor's name is, Steve Wissing. And he's talking to that guy and he ends up biting his nose and he's bleeding out. And I think the lady with him is Jan Hooks. from yes, From Saturday Night Live. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, great scene. Mm. But anyway, he's kind of dressed in a very sort of similar way in that he's a white guy in a suit. Is he wearing glasses? I'm pretty sure.
2: Nobody will ever listen to us again. Don't worry.
1: We can always get a job rating TV shows. Cut to the office where Batman has his campaign staff of nobody other than Robin. Batman is a wealthy guy. He's got the, you know, hearts and minds of Gotham behind him, you would think, and yet that offer is completely empty.
2: Yeah, he clearly has no idea what he's doing. He just seems to be... Rel- what does he say? He relies
1: on the... Um, something of the, um, of the voter. Well, he believed that the American electorate is too mature to be tricked by vaudeville trickery.
2: After all, if our national leaders were elected on the basis of tricky slogans, brass bands and pretty girls, our country would be in
1: a terrible mess, wouldn't it? And that got me thinking Batman's going to be very disappointed with modern America. Yeah, good God. Whenever integrity came up or, um, yeah, the American voter. Hey, Aunt Harriet comes into the scene shortly afterwards. And at this point, you have to ask, how is Aunt Harriet not recognizing Bruce and Dick in those costumes?
2: I found that Aunt Harriet to be just dumb. Like dumber than Robin? Yes, yes. Because I've seen Robin do advanced trigonometry. In the bat cave and he can operate those machines you don't think aunt harriet's capable She doesn't seem to and she bought that fishing excuse for a really long time but they stopped using it so maybe <laughs> maybe she did catch on oh well how did she gave batman had no problem
1: taking that check from this old lady is he giving that back to her well look i mean in a sense probably not but also more or less is not that coming from an allowance that he's probably paying Aunt harriet anyway this is his pays, money.
2: He pays her salary.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, special guest appearance from Joey Eastharter.
0: I was going to mention him. I knew you would. <laughs> How can I not?
1: Joey's Harter, Explain who he is.
0: So Joey Tarter pretty much popped up in every '60s and '70s show, but he is most notable for playing Nat, the owner of the Peach Pit in Beverly Hills, 90210. <laughs>
1: Wait, he's back? He's back. So this is actually his second appearance in the episode. Previously, he played a goon for the Riddler and his mob. Okay, and I'm wondering whether he's playing the same goon or a different goon. Well, see, are we sure that he was one of the Riddler's goons? Yeah, I went back and checked it. I checked my records.
0: So he's listed on IMDb under a couple of different character names, including goons. But maybe he's just a goon for hire that goes from bad guy to bad guy. And I don't know how goons work.
1: Possibly. I mean, he's probably unionized, I'd imagine.
0: Well, they've got those, you know, cool shirts that say goon.
1: Well, that was interesting because usually the goons on Batman have different names that'll be often themed with the yeah, villain yeah. or just sort of a weird abstract theme to the broader theme of the episode. Mr. Popsicle. Yeah, I don't think there's been any titles like Mr. Popsicle. Hansy Johnny. <laughs> Hansy Johnny's definitely yeah, one can. of my favourites.
0: That's a real name? Yeah, yeah. sure. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. That sounds like it could be in Batman. <laughs> do, we,
2: do
1: you feel like we don't use the word goon enough in um, common parlance? Mm, well, I find on this podcast, I've been referring to the token woman that usually represents the villains, like offsider in every episode, as his mole, yeah. which is a phrase that goes back to a lot of you know, gangster movies and sure. you know, the mole. Yeah. But in modern, like, unless you know it's M O L L and it's just me saying mole, it sounds like maybe I'm being more offensive than I am. Maybe,
2: or that you're talking about Gretchen Mole.
1: Well, yeah, love Gretchen Moll. Great. She's great. Fantastic actress. Now, there's a whole bunch of character actors that are playing background roles in this episode, well, this two-parter, but did anyone else notice uh, Joe Besser in there? Do people know who Joe Besser is? Joy Behar. Joy Behar was not in this episode, but Joe Besser, uh, formerly a member of the Three Stooges. uh, Was? He wasn't a long-lived member of the Stooges, but I think he was in the Stooges for about three or four years and then had to retire from it. But he was in that, and he was also in a whole bunch of Abbott and Costello films. Oh, great. Yeah. Uh, he was playing one of the Penguin supporters in it. Hooray
0: for Penguin! Hooray Penguin! Hooray for me!
1: Ha! End of the episode, Batman ends up jumping into the acid, like the madman that he is. Okay, but apparently it's fine, because Alfred had been making some acid-proof costuming. And I was concerned about poor Robin, now that he's heard that his costume's acid-proof. And we've also found out he's a bit of a dum-dum. He's just going to jump into acid willy-nilly. Those legs are pretty bare.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, Robin has a lifetime of um, getting himself into trouble because of his lack of intelligence ahead of him.
1: Sarah Ward, I'm going to pose a question to you. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, I'm guessing you haven't watched the old Batman TV show since, you know, forever ago.
0: Pretty much.
1: Yeah. Like, you've seen probably the movie more recently than I've the show? I've seen the
0: movie more recently. I... Wrote an article about the Batruzzi, so I watched um, Batruzzi clips, but haven't, yeah, I haven't caught up with my old Batman.
1: And look, that's fine, Uh, but you're here now, so this is all very good. Now, because obviously this is the first time you've really had some serious exposure to Batman, would you vote for Batman in a mayoral election?
0: Would I vote for him over the Penguin? Yeah. Of course I would.
1: Okay, but like, let's say he's up against, say, um, Nick.
0: Well it would depend on the policies. <laughs> but you know, against the penguin, where the penguin is is all about not talking about Mumbo Jumbo and giving out free champagne and having young girls around, I think it's a pretty easy call to vote for Batman, even though nobody shows up to his own rally to listen to his speeches. Yeah.
1: Now, now if Nick was giving out champagne and had lots of floozies
0: around him as well. I'm I'm disappointed that Batman doesn't
1: have more of a, a following. Yeah, it was a bit surprising. I mean, he had no campaign staff. Fans, fans. you would think so. But
0: the babies, the babies. He wouldn't kiss the babies. That's yeah. a good point. Like, you know, what kind of a man doesn't like children? He just lost everybody <laughs> there and then.
1: It's pretty unhygienic.
0: I wouldn't go to his rally if you paid me. The man's a child hater.
1: Now, in this, I have to say, the Penguin raised a very good issue in regards to Batman, and I think it's a really reasonable question. Batman's out there; he's wearing a mask. People don't actually know yeah, who he is. fair point. He's always hanging around with criminals or his 14, 15-year-old best friend. Batman's I a bit of a concerning character around Gotham. And if I'm looking at the Penguin with his fairly reputable stance of helping people on the street, he helped that blind guy at the beginning. Like, well, you look at these two characters and Penguin's actually coming out looking pretty good. I'm not just saying I'd vote for the Penguin ahead of Nick but definitely ahead of Batman.
0: Even his own mother won't vote for him.
1: I was pretty disappointed by a couple of really
2: lazy things in these episodes, more so than usual. First of all, the acid thing, too often they're getting away with, oh uh, yeah, I forgot to tell everybody, my, our costumes are uh, bulletproof, acid proof, and whatever else. And so that obviously did not bother, did not hurt me.
1: Giant magnifying glass proof. Yeah. And
2: then uh, the penguins winning, the penguins winning, deus ex machina nothing happens just reverses it now batman's winning and then in order to explain that turnaround he's getting the indian vote i don't even know what that means it's from the west the west because the western uh, i guess because in west gotham there's more indians i shouldn't mean native americans I, i don't even understand i guess it's and really I'm assuming puzzling.
0: this hasn't ever played a part in any Batman story up until this point. Not yet. Like Indian,
2: not yet. No? In, no, Indians? No, not as far as I can tell. We there's know
1: the, five people of colour on this show to date. And there's a few shanty areas around the outskirts of town as well where Ma Parker and her boys live. <laughs> okay. But beyond that, we're not too sure about the further layout of Gotham and its surrounds. Yeah, yeah. Um, just in regards to the laziness, and I don't know if it's laziness or if it's the continual problem that I'm having with the way that Batman is actually tends to operate outside of the law. Uh, he resigned at the end of the episode in favor of Mayor Lindseed, who seems to just get the role. I mean, I would have thought in an American democracy that that would mean that there's a new election and the yeah. people at Gotham would actually have their say once more.
2: Well, he was running with him, right? Was he? De- I think he was deputy mayor or something like that, running
1: as deputy mayor, so then if the mayor jumps out... He should have done some campaigning with him at least. Shocking. Um, um, I did like at the very end where Batman's offered the chance to run for an unnamed party on the phone in the 1968 presidential election. And then he gets a phone call from the opposing party to do the same. Okay.
0: He, he could have run against Nixon. He could have run instead of Nixon.
1: He could have. Um, well, I, I did like when he was doing the TV debate, Alfred was putting a makeup on him so he didn't have a Nixon like moment.
0: He did indeed.
1: Oh, you
2: know, I was thinking about the, they made a reference to the California election that Reagan won. Mm. I think that was in 66.
1: Yeah, because they referenced it in one of the in previous episodes. Episode, yeah. Yeah. It's
2: very um, topical, this show.
1: I would have been really fascinated to see how history would treat the various campaigning of Batman over the years. And wouldn't you have liked to have seen a Frost Batman series of interviews? Yeah, absolutely. What would, what would we have found out? This is what I'd like to know.
0: We haven't talked about fancy umbrella play. (laughs)
1: Let's talk about it. Let's do it. What do you want to talk about? Hit us.
0: (laughs) Just the fact that there was fancy umbrella play.
1: (laughs) What were they doing?
0: (laughs) They were fighting with umbrellas.
1: They do that in every Penguin episode. that's right.
2: Yes, but, you know, it's umbrellas. Have you ever hit anybody with an umbrella? I haven't. Britney Spears has. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, I can imagine it wouldn't be pleasant. No. I always have an umbrella with me because when you live in Brisbane, you have to carry an umbrella Does with you. it rain a lot in Brisbane? At any given moment. so all right. right? Yeah. It's so it. a
2: subtropical
1: area.
0: Particularly at this time of year. So I always have an umbrella, and okay. I can't imagine it would be fun to be hit with. But, you know, they've got big umbre- umbrellas. There's nice choreography going on. It is fancy umbrella play.
2: What has happened between the show where the umbrellas do nothing and you just have to hit people with them and Danny DeVito's umbrellas would shoot people.
1: Well, doesn't the Penguin and the Batman TV series also had the ability to do all sorts of things with umbrellas? Oh, gas, you can
2: gas people. Yeah. There's no gassing in this episode. That's no. what was missing. For me, I come to this show for the
0: gassing. For the gassing, okay. <clears throat>
1: Sorry, Sarah, you haven't really watched Batman the TV show previously, but you're a film writer. You've seen your share of Batman movies.
0: I have indeed. Yeah, in
1: fact, as I recall, I think you got me and see The Dark Knight Rises back in the day.
0: I think I did. Look, and I've seen all the Batmans from the Michael Keaton ones onwards in a cinema. Yeah, so um, when
1: you're thinking about Batman, who do you think of? Who's your Batman?
0: Look, I think of Michael Keaton because, you know, for me as a kid, they were the first Batman films I saw on the big screen. There's something about Tim Burton's films as well that are, you know, they're dark, but they also have personality. You know, you have actually interesting bad guys. You know, you do have Jack Nicholson's joke. You have Danny DeVito as the penguin. They're memorable, particularly when you watch them when, you know, you're eight or nine years old. They particularly stand out. Compare them to something like the Batman films today, not the Christopher Nolan ones, the Zack Snyder ones, Justice League, where it's just all Who's a Who's bit- the
2: bad guy? Who's the bad guy in this last one? Oh, it's Steppenwolf. Steppenwolf. Steppenwolf, that classic villain.
0: Bland, CGI, unmemorable. You just don't care. Yeah. There's no personality to, to those films whatsoever.
1: Well, the hot topic amongst a lot of our Batman land guests who come through is Ben Affleck as Batman, yay or nay?
0: I'm not a big fan. I do appreciate though look of him as Batman, I don't mind Ben Affleck in general, but I do find that he's in a tricky situation because he is playing a version of Batman that is older and wearier and isn't particularly happy with the role. And he does play him that way, but you also get the sense from him watching him that he's not particularly happy in this role. And then you get all of the off-screen chatter about the fact that he wants to step out of the series. So I think it's you know, on one hand he's playing the character that way, on a, on another you're kind of seeing that come through, but. I don't like Snyder's interpretation of the DC universe. I think we're getting a lot of slow-mo, a lot of grim, bland nonsense, really. And I think that Affleck's Batman just falls into that. Bring in John Hamm or, you know, someone more interesting.
1: We are recording this, and just for some background knowledge, I guess, we are recording this about three weeks ahead of broadcast just because it's Christmas time and we're trying to get a bit of a break. But I'm coming in to
2: do the show Christmas Day.
1: Oh, I was coming in as well. This is oh, awkward. Wow. I, I thought I was going to be alone. All right. It's going to come in my Batman and costume and everything.
0: And talk to nobody?
1: Largely. It's standard <laughs> operating procedure around here. It's dry runs for the podcast. But we are recording this a few weeks ahead. So, I mean, for all we know, Batman may already be John Ham. Like, that could have happened.
0: Hopefully. Look, I think we are getting to the point where we are going to sometime soon get an announcement of someone else new as Batman. I think that DC want to keep people interested in this and, you know, Justice League didn't get good reviews. It's not a great film. No one's feeling particularly pumped about anything DC except Wonder Woman at the moment. So they can bring some fresh blood into the character. Maybe we'll get excited.
2: Are you, um, who would you like to see as Batman? Look. I was seeing Jeffrey Dean Morgan.
0: Is there yeah. some of that
1: going around? I could, I could see that happening.
0: I don't mind John Hamm I think that'd be interesting one of the things look there's a really terrible movie from the last couple of years movie 43 which I just think is absolutely terrible oh um, yeah that film was, yep. that, was the, sort
1: of, that was like the sketch film where there was a bunch yep. of sketches so after lots of
0: different directors all doing terrible sketches it's absolutely horrible but there's one sketch in it which is about Batman and Robin and other superheroes going and going on speed dating and Jason Sudeikis plays Batman as you know as you would expect Jason Sudeikis to play that kind of character And you think about that and you think about Will Arnett in the Lego Batman movies, I think what Batman needs is a little bit more personality. Mm. Not saying that either of them are the right person, but...
2: Comic actor, you're saying?
0: Maybe, or just somebody even in Keaton as Batman, and maybe it's Burton's direction, there's more personality to those films. Yeah, right. The current DC films, they're just they're just bland. We we don't really care about the characters other than the fact that they are Batman, Superman. We're told to care about them because they are these important figures. The way they're played, they're just not interesting.
2: Agreed. Are you a comic book fan at all?
0: Not overly.
2: Your introduction to Batman is this show or the movies?
0: Look, I would have seen this show as a kid on TV, Mm -hmm. you know, coming across it. But my strongest memory is the movies.
2: Does it tug at any kind of nostalgic heartstrings for you, this show?
0: Look, to me, it's in the same area of my brain as a kid as get smart, um, you know, stuff that I would come across on TV that I would sit and watch because, you know, it was fun and there was something about that in the 80s when you're a kid and the the, the vision of technology that it had then, even though it mm-hmm. wasn't yeah, that yeah. different at the time, just seemed all, you know, kind of fun and cool, I guess, in that retro way. Um, so it tugs on those kind of areas. But, yeah, for me, Batman is more in the movie space. It's... Do you,
2: as someone who evaluates performances, screen perform on-screen performances, what do you think of Adam West's performance?
0: I think that... Even
2: looking through a modern yeah. lens.
0: Look, I think that he's doing what he needs to do for the type of show that it is. I think that these days it's hard to separate, you know, like looking at Adam West as Batman and as everything that's come along around him playing that character since, you know, him being Adam West and making fun of that on The Simpsons, for example. That's something that, you know, even if you hadn't seen Batman beforehand, everyone's seen that Simpsons episode. It's just kind of ingrained into you. But for the type of show it is, I, I think he does what he needs to do. I don't think he has any particular standout, episodes, standout moments in this episode. There's not, no point where I go, no, it's really not, great.
2: Not in these episodes, no. Yeah, it was oh, a bit okay. more by the numbers than usual. Yeah, because I think there are some moments and there are some episodes where his mastery over um, just playing something so straight in a clearly absurd scenario verges on Leslie Nielsen-esque.
1: Now, one of my issues with these episodes is I like the fact that we saw the homage that Batman Returns uh, paid credit for. And in those Tim Burton films, like Batman Returns it's probably my favourite of them. And I really like Danny DeVito as the Penguin. And I like Burgess Meredith as the Penguin. But I find that the character just always falls a bit flat for me when I watch him in the 66 Batman. So I've been thinking about the villain a little bit more. And I want to pose the question to you, Sarah. Who's your villain of choice? Like, who do you go for and which actor would be playing them And clearly you know the 66 Batman a little bit. So Mm -hmm. is there a Batman villain from this era that really stands out as well?
0: Look, there are some fantastic actors that have played Batman villains throughout the Batman, you know, TV series, looking at people like Otto Preminger, um, Eli Wallach. Like there's, you know, Joan Collins. Not that Joan Collins is a fantastic actor, but, you know, there's just some great names in there along this. But I think that for me, the vision of the ideal batman bad guy has always just been jack nicholson as the joker just because maybe it is because that's the first batman film that i saw on a big screen that it stuck with me but that there's that interpretation of that character is still strikes a chord now even though heath ledger did a fantastic job of it um I in the dark night where, where you, where, where Look, you would
2: put heath ledger
0: they're both fantastic at doing you know an interesting character we'll just forget that jared leto ever exists Please, which I think is just good advice in general. And ouch, I'm not a Jared Leto fan. What about Isn't in Fight
1: Club? He's pretty good in Fight Club. Look,
0: he's pretty good in that. What but about Braveheart? Nobody, Nobody likes poor Jared Leto. What did Jared Leto
2: do? To you? He makes great music.
0: He does not, and he makes terrible <laughs> documentaries about his terrible music.
2: What are the? He made a documentary about.
0: Uh, yes. Is it
2: Thirty Seconds to Mars?
0: Yes, and I saw it. I believe it was at the Melbourne Film Festival. Maybe five years or so ago. I don't know why it was playing at this festival, but it was a documentary about um, Jared Leto's what about band.
2: My so called Life? I was about to ask there, the right? same question.
0: Look... I'm not saying like he hasn't done some stuff that I'm okay with. Or a little movie but... called
2: Dallas Buyers Club.
0: Look, I think that there are other actors. I can't remember off the top of my head who he was against, but I don't think that he was the best person in his field well, to win send, an Oscar
2: we're that this year. Right now. I, I don't even know why I'm defending Jared Leto, <laughs> but yeah. I'm compelled to. maybe.
0: Jared Leto has a camp where he gets like. 30 Seconds to Mars fans to come along and basically say how great the band is and Jared Leto is and
1: someone's got to do it
0: nobody nobody (laughs) needs to
1: so each week we like to wrap up the show with a thought about what we've learned from this week's Batman what Batman has taught us Nick Bassine, what have you learned from Batman this week So I think that um, these episodes, perhaps more
2: than any other episodes, reinforced uh, Batman's uh, commitment to proper uh, citizenry. From the very beginning, when he reminds uh, Dick that he's got a civics lesson, I don't know if civics lessons still exist, but the point of civics lessons is it teaches you how to be a good citizen. And obviously, America has forgotten all about what that means, but Batman... Hold on to the importance of what it means to be a good citizen. Sarah Ward,
1: what have you learned from Batman this week?
0: Look, I think that I've learned that maybe Batman's a time traveler. (laughs) How so? Well, you know... (laughs) This episode is so very relevant to today that I was just sitting there going, like, there's just so many lines in this. And, you know, we've gone over this a bit in terms of the the parallels with with both Trump and what has been happening in Alabama. But I don't know, maybe he was, Batman had seen the future and went back to 1966 and made an episode of a television show that was warning us about what was happening or maybe there just wasn't anything else that i really learned about batman in this episode
1: i learned this week from batman that if you are honest and straight with the american people they're gonna vote for you (laughs) that is a, a lesson that with a short shelf life okay guys we're gonna wrap up batman land for another week We'll be back. Same Batman Land time, same Batman Land channel next week. Nick Bassine, you're on Twitter. Where do people find you? I am at Roy Moore. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm at Nick Bassine. Sarah Ward.
0: I am at Swardplay, so S Wardplay.
1: And I'm at The Dan Barrett. If you've liked this podcast, please leave a review on your podcast platform of choice. Leave a review helps other people find the show. Also, tell your friends about the show on socials. So your Facebook and your Twitter helps people find the show, and it keeps giving us some reasons to keep doing this thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you very much for listening, and a very special thanks to Jeremy Walmart our producer. We'll be back next week with another thrilling instalment of Batman Land.